Look at Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to watch this. Give in. Cave in. Hand your democracy away. No, you'll be able to successfully resist. I'm talking violence. And stand your ground. In what kind of day? In an evil day. Of what kind of day? Of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands, don't cave in. Don't concede. Stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable. Watch the last word, 2021. Victorious. Now, I was supposed to be in Detroit, Michigan with Brenda this morning with Keith Butler, which we'll have him in very soon. And I felt like I needed to stay here because of some things that I believe are on God's heart as we, as we talked to, to one another, the Lord and, and our, our, our ministry here. And, and I want to ask you a question. So we're seeing a lot of things taking place right now. And somehow I question this. Are you ready? If God's trusted prophets with a track record of accuracy that you trusted for years and many prophecies before, how could all of them miss it? And my question is, how then has the Lord chosen to communicate if there supposedly has been this lying spirit in the mouth of his true prophets. Do you think that it's the media that God has anointed to tell the truth and to report the facts? There has to be a voice. There has to be voices in the earth. God does nothing in the earth, Amos 3, 7, unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Yeah, but everybody said he'd be reelected. He was. Yeah, but they said that he would serve two terms. Are you kidding me? Listen to me. Just because you're looking at everything in the natural and predictability. Is this thing even look over? Well, yes, don't you know, in 10 days there's going to be this and there's going to be that. Really, you sound like the people on the shore of the Red Sea. You brought us out here to kill us. You deceived us, you lying leaders. We're going to go back. In fact, we're going to concede. We're going to hand our freedom that God just delivered us with to an Egyptian system of communism. That's what some people sound like, and yet they couldn't discern, just like today, that this Moses, Moses had to spend his whole administration defending, watch this, those of you that are attacking God's vessels right now, he had to spend his whole 40 years what God spoke to him. They always doubted. They wandered. Did God really say? And so they're doing the same thing, and yet God raised up a man. This isn't ism, Moses-ism, or whatever people are saying it is about the current leader. This is about whether we want to stand with God who stands with little babies and the right to live in the womb, 
whether we are going to stand with Israel, whether we are going to stand with God who wants this nation to acknowledge the fact that Yeshua is Lord, not Buddha, not Hare Krishna, not Satan, not some other entity. God is waiting for people that will stand in the light and with the light and resist the darkness. God is seeing who is on his side. Yet we have people that are so easily, if something doesn't work out their way or they don't, you know, it, it looks like everything in the natural. Well, don't you understand that this is the current way that everything goes? On November 3rd, they do this. And then on January 6th, they do this. And then January 20th, they do this. <laughs> on a normal election. But when you're dealing with thieves and those who have committed treason, there is a different story and a different storyline and a different outcome that must happen or we will never have a free democracy for us or for our children. It demands justice. Now, let's let, now, hold on just a moment. I can hear you through the camera and some of you in this room. But don't you know that the other guy got all the votes? There was an algorithm, <laughs> which was probably one of the smartest things that happened because it caused them to gather the evidence that nobody wants to hear. And so here's my question. Supposedly, 45, I got to say it for code here. I hope you all understand the code. Thank you. So for 45, they said he got 70 million. Really, the truth is they think even as high as 80 million. Do you mean to tell me the other dude that got more than Obama and the prior one that was running against 45 when he only had 10 people in his parking lot? And so, and he was hiding in a basement? And masses showed up for 45. Do you really, 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 really think? There's only 110, they say, registered voters. And if 70 to 80 million then went towards the one that they stole it from, then that means, do your math, uh, 30, 40 million maybe went to the other dude. And he won? Wow. Mama, I think we've been lied to. <laughs> really? Really? Do they think we're that dumb? Now, here's the point. If you voted for 30 million men, or 40, or even, well, just we'll raise it up a little bit, 60 million, and supposedly the left guy won, and you doubt that 45 won, or if you're standing with 45 saying, he won, it was stolen, then my question is, you that are in Congress and Senate, demon rats, and you that are supposedly conservative Republicans that didn't stand for anything except to show your true colors that you won't stand for your democracy, those of us that voted you in, yeah. 
How hard was this to bring the evidence out? There's 271 pages. Plenty of video. I saw on Flashpoint, there's plenty of video where those people that were supposed to be uh, 45's people, now there's always zealots in every crowd, but there are ties to organizations. But here, here's what I want to say. This is getting beyond crazy in the sense of this. It would have been a lot easier to come together, and even then with what happened with that capital breach, there's video evidence of guards. We saw it with our own eyes. How many saw it with their own eyes? That were letting people in. Stop in the name of my flashlight. Others... You want to destroy our democracy? I mean, this is exactly what they're doing. Just come in. And yet we've got preachers that are shutting their mouths behind their pulpits. Pathetic politicians that won't stand. Passive Christians. We've got rhinos in the Republican side, Republican in name only. But we've got kinos in the kingdom of God. Christians in name only. What's wrong with us? Do we stand for anything anymore? Do we stand for righteousness? Do we stand for justice? Now we've got people demanding that we repent. You prophets missed it. You need to repent. This isn't about the prophets repenting, the intercessors repenting. This is about we are in the fight of our life in this democracy. And God needs some people to stand out. If people want to repent, that's fine. But here, here's what I can't figure out. So I was with God. And and I said to him, I said, Lord, I'm just going to lay before you, and I want you to speak to me, because I've been doing a lot of talking here. And as I was before the Lord, he said to me, stay with the story. I said, God, what's the story? He said, stay with the story that I've been telling. And I said, what story have you been telling? And then it dawned on me, and he spoke some more. He said, the story that I have been saying through your lips since 9-11, that I would raise up out of New York, a president that would come and would bring this nation back on course. Amen. Now, here's what people do. They will take something that still hasn't quite played out. Yeah, but don't you understand in 10 days, if this happens on the 20th, wait, how do you know? If according to our Constitution, proven foreign interference that has never got a chance to be heard or saw, if in fact is true, that person has no constitutional right to sit in our White House. And you shouldn't accept it. I'm not a sore loser. I'm a righteous man that wants truth. Now, as we're seeing things play out, this is very interesting to me because I'm watching people demanding and, and different prophetic voices. If that's what God tells you to do, you do it. But I cannot because I've not been told to or have been led to by God. I have spent way too many hours, way too many years. I don't listen to the news. Not much, if at all. And I cannot go back on what I believe in all the years that I've prophesied or the track record of many, many years of prophesying to presidents, 
people in high places, low places, and no places with a track record, and yet people want to pull out a little element that may still be, be being played out, which I believe it is, and demand that you repent or deem you as false and completely ignore all the other 20 years of history of prophetic words. Now, you sound like you're defending yourself. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is there is a powerful evil spirit. And you can see the example in 1 Kings 18 when Jezebel, the wicked queen, vice president, wanted to take over a nation. And so the way she did it is she controlled the airwaves through 850 false voices and attacked the true prophetic voices. You could read it, 1 Kings 18. And guess what it was? It was so vicious, it drove the true prophetic voice to the cave. And God says, wait a minute, you're not the only one. There's 7,000. This is about trying to shut up what God's doing. And you know why this is so dangerous right now? People say, well... But you know what? If the prophets miss it, they need to repent. If the inner listen to me. God said very clearly in Psalm 105, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. That doesn't mean you can't judge them. Doesn't mean that you can't expect and 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 and, and want accountability, because there should be. But that 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 dealing with is not your jurisdiction. God always will deal with his prophets. And he will always deal with his vessels. Come on. If they're scumming around and they're mishandling money, he'll expose them. He always does. If he's running around with the females in his staff, God will expose them. Cheating on their wife, cheating on their husband, or who knows what else in God's name. God will expose them. It's not your business to point your mouth or your finger against it. If you don't like it, you believe they're wrong, you ask God to deal with them, and you pray. Because you could be touching something that God is in fact speaking through, like Acts 9, where God had to come to Saul and say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute thou me? He thought he was killing Christians, that it was a justifiable purpose, but I'm going to tell you something. You don't want to get on the side of God. I remember years ago, I was speaking against a leader. And I was pretty young. I must have been in my 20-something. And I paid for it for 30 days, man. There were some things that was happening to me. And, and one day, I'm driving in the car. And all of a sudden, my wife grabs her, my, my, my chest and starts poking her finger. And Jesus came in the car, so to speak. And she said, see this? Thus saith the Lord. I'm like, man, I married a feisty girl. I've only been married like, you know, a few years. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. God says this is my finger. I'm trying to drive. <laughs> she said, quit touching what I will deal with, but you're in the way as long as you keep running your mouth. And if you will shut up and pray, I will take my finger off of you and I will deal with them. At the end of the day, any true prophet or prophetess, God will deal with them. But when they are speaking for God and truly speaking for him and there are things yet to be played out, be wise that you are not 
touching what God is saying and doing or you are touching a very dangerous thing. Now, at the end of the day, if the prophets carry on in pride, well, then that's between God and them, but you, you, know, you have a choice. Don't listen to them. First example I want to share with you. Am I too hard here? It's just an interesting anointing here. I'm trying to be really nice, but I'm going to tell you something. I said this in the first service. Jesus is not coming. He's called the Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of war, the Lord of angel armies. Exodus 15, verse 3, says that the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Do you think for a moment, this nation right now, and those that have prayed, you know, people keep saying, well, you know, God, I had a text from somebody, well, God is just handing this nation over to the will of the people. Not when you had 30 million, maybe 40 million, and on the high side, maybe 60 million. But 80 million voted on the side of Israel, the side of, of protecting life, the side of a party that was honoring Jesus Christ and the real name over this nation of our God, Yeshua. Do you really think that he handed it over to the will of the people? You forget about all of the repentance meetings and stuff that were going on. Countless of people still crying out to God. So we get caught up in all of this. And I want to say that I feel like we are in a moment right now that this is not about the will of the people. It's about the devil who are using people that have yielded themselves to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And God is looking for people that are going to stand up. Listen, we, how can we just hand so freely away our liberties. There are two entities. I saw a bumper sticker that shed their blood for us. One was Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for our souls. The other entity are the great United States soldiers, Amen. veterans that shed their blood for our freedoms. So as I was with God, I want you to look at this. this. My message isn't coming out like I wanted it. But anyway, let's just go on. So when I was with God, he said to me, I want to talk to you about, he said, Jairus and Jairus' daughter. Now, how many know what happened to Jairus' daughter? First she was sick, then she died, and the report was, Master, don't you know that our daughter died? Now look at Mark chapter 5, verse 39. So Jesus now shows up at the house and he sees the condition of what a lot of people, unfortunately, are showing to God at this time. So he shows up at their house. He shows up in this nation. And Jesus says to them, why are you carrying on like this with such a fuss? Why are you making this scene? Why are you making this ado? Why are you weeping? This nation is not dead. It sleeps. See, this is where you have to understand and you have to get God's perspective. It may look like things are over. It may look like there is no hope. But I'm here to tell you that God is awakening this nation. Jesus is visiting this nation. And the worst thing that we can be doing right now is caving in, showing our emotions, showing and expressing our frustrations as if somehow this nation is dead and things are over. I don't believe it. Not for one minute. I'd rather go down fighting, Amen. believing that I, listen to me, believing that I stood with the true word from God and I stood with God 
I would rather go down fighting knowing that I fought for this great nation than to do nothing at all and be a passive Christian, a passive preacher. So why are we making this ado? Now, something that's interesting about God, and I don't know how many of you have served God for more than, say, 10, 15, 20 years. Okay, I've been serving God since 1984. So how many years is that? 37 years, almost 37 years. And I've learned something about God. He is a God of the now what? You know what the now what is? He will on purpose drive us to a place where it looks like there is no hope, there is no solution, there is no answer, there is no outcome. And all of a sudden, at the now what moment, when you think things are over, God shows up. Can I give you a couple examples? Number one, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. It looked like all of the lions would prevail. And somehow this guy, Daniel, who had been popping off his mouth politically... And I want to say, some of you out there, preachers that say this, well, um, you know, um, separation of church and state. No, God wanted his kingdom involved in the state. He didn't want the state messing with the church. Also, our great constitution, I saw a statistic that 80-some percent of our founding fathers that signed our Declaration of Independence had some kind of divinity or ordination. In other words, majority of those founding fathers were ministers preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that put over a thousand scriptural examples in our Constitution. And we're not supposed to be involved. Why would Jesus even commission, go tell Herod the fox, why would Peter and Paul have to speak so boldly before the governing rulers of their day? You withdraw the voice of God's people from politics, and you're going to see exactly what they're doing. They're going to shut down your churches. They're going to shut down your pages. They're going to shut down your thanksgiving in honor to God. They're going to keep you from saying Merry Christmas. They're going to want you to vote for them, a party of the non-religious. And here's what they'll do. They'll take your Bibles and burn them. Do you think that's going to happen in the United States? It's already happening. I was talking to a preacher, and he said this this week to me. He said, Hank, you know what? They're already burning our Bibles. I said, really? I said, that's, that's heavy. He's, I said, what's your example of that? He said, no. He said, have you noticed these Bible apps? They're, they're, they're omitting scriptures. So that the generation of our children that are being raised up from people that no longer crack the book, the only thing they have because we've trained a generation to have their eyeballs constantly on an iPad, a computer, and now they won't know anything and they won't be brought to the truth. And it's a great way to censor and to burn the sacred word of God. They're not physically doing this, but here's the problem. Listen to me. You have the right to remain silent, and you have the right to act like you have a Bible. But if you are depending upon this thing right here to be your Bible, you are not spiritually smart. You need to go to your church, whatever church it is, or if this is your church, you, in front of your computer, crack this book. It didn't say the iPad will not you know, depart from your mouth said this book. It says when you get to heaven, 
that was your name written or not written, not in the iPad of life, but was it written in a book? Book. You know how you keep them from censoring and burning our Bibles? Is just stack your house with them so that you can teach your children and you can remind yourself what the book says. That's why I take it very serious. I need to stop. But, okay, so let's talk about another now, now what moment. So here's this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Oregano the Italian. Now, Creflo Dollar says it was Shadrach, Meshach, and a, what do you say, a bad Negro. Like a cool one. So whatever your interpretation is, I think he was Oregano the Italian. Nevertheless, they turn the furnace up seven times hotter. Come on, the pressure's on right now in our nation for you to give up, believe what the media has been saying. Okay, if they're telling the truth, why do they censor those who challenge them? You scared, you know, fake book, all of them? The twit one that caters to trolls and they go to your page and they drop troll house cookies. They're foul mouths. Commanding you to repent and they're, they're filled with hate and venom and evil. Really? So we're in a very interesting time. And I want you to know something. I said this in the first service. Jesus is not coming. And if you think this, you need to get your perspective right. He's not coming with a little sweater. Right. Come on. You know, he picks it up off of his cloak of heaven. Father, I must go now and celebrate what is about to take place January 20th with the one that stole the election. Let me put on my sweater. Can we have coffee? I don't think he's coming like Mr. Rogers in the land of make-believe. That's what they want us to do. Make-believe that it was legitimate. Make-believe that it really wasn't stolen. Make-believe that he had more votes. Jesus is not coming with this sweater. Well, Pastor Hank, how's he coming? He's coming like Rambo. How's that? You drew first blood. That's how he's coming. And he's going to deal with the thieves, the liars, the crooks, and those that have committed treason. I can hear you. Honey, fake like you got to go to the bathroom. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> you, you think I make this stuff up. When I'm under this kind of anointing and atmosphere, I hear a lot more than I say. All right, I'm going to end with this. Can they come to the piano, please? I got to get out of here. I got to go take a nap. I knew he needed sleep. 
<laughs> so let me just show you this. Okay. So one of the things that I just I want to I want to make very clear. Look at Psalm 27. I want to give you some. I know it looks crazy out here. I know it looks like, and, and here's the thing, you've got to be careful of something. In Isaiah chapter 8, the prophet Isaiah was warned. You know what he was warned? This is why I'm very careful what I listen to. Because in Isaiah 8, God warned the prophet, said, don't prophesy according to conspiracies. Now, I will say this. You're going to find out that some things that you thought was conspiracy was actually being conspired. And it's going to be found out as truth. You will. It's going to be shocking. But here's the key. He said, don't also prophesy what the people fear. Prophets were told not to be moved by their faces because they had to have a conviction, true prophets on the inside, that when they opened their mouth, that they had done their due diligence, that they had been before God, with God. Therefore, when they opened their mouth, they were speaking for God. Did they ever miss it? Yeah, scripture's full of them. You mean they have, they, they, they have, they, they can't, mean, 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 mean they can miss it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Jonah. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. He didn't say, and, and, and just to protect my, my integrity and my ministry going forward, I have four kids, a dog, a cat. I'm going to put a, a dis, uh, what do you call it? Disclaimer in there. Nineveh in 40 days shall be destroyed. Except if you pray. I'll eat it. He never said a condition. Yes or no? Was there a condition put when the prophet came and prophesied to Hezekiah the king? He said, set your house in order, you're going to die. He never said if you pray. No. Imagine how humbling it must have been for that prophet and how it must have got written up in the Jerusalem Chronicles. <laughs> JNN, Jerusalem News Network. <laughs> the prophet prophesied the king would die. Look, he's living 15 years. Never recorded that Jonah was stoned. Never was recorded that Isaiah was stoned. In fact, the biggest false prophet there was, freshly defined, was Aaron, Moses' brother, who just, Moses had the law in his hands. And God defined in the law how you're to deal with this spokesman, right? Fresh in his hands, Moses, his brother, is doing what false prophets do on purpose, in rebellion, turn the hearts of the people away from God. He did it. But why wasn't he stoned? Why wasn't the king David, who under the same law demanded adultery, why wasn't he stoned? What is God saying to us? We put our judgment sometimes on things far too quickly and watch this religiously. When someone wrote me in a text and said that God is handing this nation over to the will of the people, I said, no, don't put this on the people. Now, prophecy 
When prophets prophesy is conditional to a nation, especially governmental prophets. I'm not talking about the guy that just gets on the internet, has a show, has a dream, ate too much pizza, and now he's regurgitating his vision. I'm talking about real prophets that have track records. When they prophesy to a nation, well, how do you know who they are? Track their prophecies. Who are they speaking to? If all they're doing is speaking to, you know, the guy next door. But when God opens doors and they start speaking to presidents and other nations or your nation, there's a reason. Now, here's why I say this. Listen. Matthew 23, 37. We're going to go to that one. And then I'm going to be done. In a minute. Matthew 23, 37. I want you to understand because we've got to grow. If there's anything that God is looking at with his people, it's not that they've handed this nation over. No. Remember what happened in number 16. There was a guy named Korah. And he was of the party of the rebellious. And there were 250. wasn't the majority of the people of Israel. But there was a lot of their leaders. 250 leaders, number 16. I'm going to show you Matthew 23 in just a second. And they, they did the exact same thing that they're trying to do today. They rose up. And tried to bring a coup d'etat. I remember that in school. I didn't even know what that was when I went to school, but boy, I sure do now. <laughs> and so they tried to overthrow Moses' government that God had implemented. And here God had raised up a leader in Moses to represent a deliverer. It's not about Mosesism or 45ism. It's about, no, we're fighting for what God wants. That's why we cannot concede. We cannot give in. Now listen to me. So Moses was trying to do MIGA. You know what MIGA is? Make Israel great again. And yet they kept accusing him falsely. Right? And then now they wanted to remove him. But in the end, God came down and said, who is on the Lord's side? And made the people decide. This isn't about the people has handed our democracy. It's about a few Korahs and 250 or whatever that minority number is or small number is, is trying to steal our nation. It doesn't reflect the true patriots and those that are fighting for this nation. Or we wouldn't have seen the amount of votes that we saw. Yes or no? So don't ever confuse that. But what God is doing is testing us. Just like he did in number 16. Who is going to be on the side of God? Who's going to stand when it doesn't look possible? Who's going to stand and believe what he is saying? That's where the test is. Now, I say this because I want you to look at Matthew 23, 37. Look at what it says. If they could put it up for the people at home too. I want to end with, with, with just a couple thoughts. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll respect your time, please. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets and stones them which are sent. So God sent prophets. Prophets, true prophecy is God's heart, excuse me, his mind, his will, and his intent. God's heart, it's what I pray all the time. I say, God, your heart must have a voice. Now, we're not the only ones. God has many. So watch what happens. Watch the next word. Here God's speaking over a geographical area. He's speaking of, of a city that affects a nation and really the whole world. Jerusalem, 
I sent you prophets. You killed them. You stoned them because you rejected their message. You couldn't let prophecies breathe. Can you imagine being Isaiah who said a virgin would conceive? And I guarantee you, all through history, there were little maidens thinking that perhaps maybe they were the virgin that would conceive the Messiah. And so there were those that were waiting and looking, and it looked, I guarantee you there were those in Isaiah's uh, time that were going, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's your prophecy? It's not coming to pass. Here's others. Uh, virgins don't conceive. Don't you know that January 20th coming? But over time, this is a word from God. Over time, what looked like impossible, like a virgin conceiving, had a supernatural act, and it happened when God said so. How, now watch the next word, how I would have. So how I many know that's a condition? Is a would have a condition, yes or no? How I would have gathered you. Even as a hen gathers her chickens, but who wouldn't? You wouldn't stand your feet. So this isn't about handing our democracy away by the will of the majority of people. What this is is God is saying, listen, I am speaking things over this nation. I'm speaking things concerning my church, and I need my people to stand with me. You say, well, why? Come on, we know our Bibles. The scripture says in the book of Matthew, if two or more agree as touching any one thing upon this earth, it's done. Now, God works by agreement, but guess who also works by agreement? Hell. I don't believe that. How about the Tower of Babel? They all got together and said, let us build. They all got into agreement, right? And God had to, he works by agreement, Say the opposite. Let us, speaking of the Trinity, go down and confuse them. There's been a lot of let us agendas that's been happening behind closed doors that we have voted in, we've allowed to happen because we have been about party rather than principle. We have allowed a lot of people to come in because we didn't really realize how passive and pathetic some of these politicians have been and how they have been part of the problem. And now we've got a problem. And so what we have to do is watch what we are putting our agreement on. You say, well, what are we supposed to do? First of all, a smart person wouldn't just take whatever the news is telling you and take that as gospel. You know why I believe the president, 45? Because when they tried to say this fake dossier, is that how they pronounce it? Yeah. And they went after him about all of this stuff with collusion. And he kept saying, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> but they kept pushing the point, And in the end, who was right? He told us since 2018. I'm concerned about 2020 and fraud. If we have been lied to, doesn't it demand truth? 
That's why we got to put our agreement. Father, we put our agreement with the side of the God of righteousness and justice. We demand your righteousness. We demand your justice. We demand truth. We demand your light to expose darkness. We demand your righteousness and justice hold people to a place of accountability. And we commission the royal guard of the hosts to go forth and to break up every satanic agenda over this nation. And we say, let thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth over our nation, Lord, over the days, the weeks that are to come. Have your way and bust things wide open, God, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Well, I know we were saucy, but here's the deal. Let's just stay in there. I didn't even get to my notes. That's all right. I love you. God bless you. Look at somebody and say 2021, W-O-N. The victory is ours. You can hug somebody. You're dismissed. We'll see you on Wednesday.